Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Monday, July 15th. This is episode number 792, Moment of Silence. You knew I was going to do that. I cannot even believe it. We are halfway through the month of July. Today, my friend Debbie Metter is back on the show with me today, and we're going to be hitting some of the topics that are hitting home with you guys as it relates to comprehensive sex ed and what's happening in the schools. We don't just want to educate you. We want to encourage you. So stick around. I think you'll be encouraged. All right. So thanks for tuning in today. I'm so glad you guys are here to join us. If you are not joining us over at Mom Strong International, I want to encourage you to do that. We are doing the scripture writing challenge over there. And as I've been saying for many years, just opening your Bible every single day, you guys, the Bible is life. There's a reason why uh, it is called living water. God's word is for you and it will encourage you. One of the reasons that we started Mom Strong International is to answer some of the questions that I see happening in the culture today with so many moms who feel overwhelmed by the questions that are coming at them in the culture and they don't know how to answer. But the Apostle Paul said we should be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. I love uh, 2 Corinthians 3.12 that says, because we have this hope, we are very bold. You guys, the boldness that God gives us comes from his Holy Spirit. It says, I am who God says I am. And today we're going to tackle a little bit about a little bit of a topic that uh, that is near and dear to my heart. You guys know I've been fighting comprehensive sex ed over here at the podcast for quite a while. And Debbie Metter is at the front of that battle in the state of Oregon, Oregon really, and Washington too, well, and California well, the entire nation really, but I live here, so it matters to me, is really struggling uh, to see Christians influencing and impacting the culture. And last Friday, Debbie and I uh, stopped our, our conversation talking about a culture of death that has really permeated uh, permeated the schools, absolutely, but it's also in the churches. It's everywhere, and it is the enemy. And we want to talk to you today about some ways that you can get off the bench and onto the battlefield, off of the sidelines, and onto the front lines. So Debbie Metter, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm glad that you're here. I want to just jump right into this um, because I think it's so important for parents to really have a, a handle on what's happening. So let's talk about what's happening as as you and I are sort of seeing it unfold. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about some uh, remedies for it and maybe some things that people can do. First of all, you gonna, you and I share a passion for the culture mm-hmm. to see the the gospel is what changes people, right? So Amen. I don't know where I heard this or that it might have been at Slavic Boat because you guys were there. Yes. Somebody said you can't uh, clean a fish until Before you, you catch, catch it. <laughs> was yeah. that Brett? Yes. That was fantastic. I wrote yeah. that down. I was like, woo, that was good. And I think sometimes we're trying to do that in the culture, right? We're trying to we're trying to uh, clean the fish before we catch it. But you can still, even if you can't catch the fish, you can absolutely protect the other people that are around. So if you see a fish, boy, that fish needs cleaning and you can't actually clean it. There are things that you can do to protect your children from coming in contact with something that's going to hurt them. So um, what is it? I want to start with comprehensive sex education because I know that you're familiar with it. Can you explain to listeners uh, first of all, is that real? Because I had somebody write in, Amy wrote in last week, and she said, I hear you talk about comprehensive sex education. Is this really happening? What's the answer, Debbie? Is it really happening? Well, yes. And it's been happening. <laughs> in a short in a short answer, it's yes. It's been happening. Uh, comprehensive sex education boils down to definition of terms. Right. Which so, is called different things. It's exactly. not called CSE all over the country. It's exactly. called lots of things. And even within the state of Oregon, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 
what was listed as Oregon Revised Statutes and what should be included by ODE, which that's the Oregon Department of Education, what their guidelines were, changed. In 2016, there was a revision. And it boils down to, you know, it it goes back into a lot of controversial laws that were passed. And we can go back to um, certain legislators that I don't even really want to give credit because then that just gives them credit, you know. But um, And yet I, I do feel overall God's sovereign and he's given us an opportunity to respond. But basically, um, it used to be that protected class included religion, race, ethnicity, but now it's gender. So it, it became about gender equality. And that is really at the heart of the Oregon Department of Education's reach. Now, the heart behind it initially was Aaron's Law. Aaron's Law is a beautiful motivation. It is to protect children from child abuse. And, you know, we both come from, you know, crazy backgrounds. So uh, we're all about it. Nobody wants anybody to be abused. Right, right. (laughs) No one wants anyone to be abused. But what's happened as what often does happen when God is not at the helm, when you have people who are lost or people who are even saved, but maybe walking in fear, you know, inevitably we're going to make mistakes. And I just believe it boils down to right now, there's been a huge mistake made by the Oregon Department of Education. I believe their intentions are really good, but the outcome is going to be horrible. Devastating. Devastating. And so literally, if people can go online and look up the Oregon Department of Education, uh, comprehensive sex education and what the guidelines are, there's hundreds of guidelines. The problem that many, many people have once you start taking a look at it is that it undermines the authority of the home and the family. It questions that and it causes kids at a very young age, even in kindergarten, to really start questioning if they were made, how they were made, who they are, what they are. And then what's even worse, where it goes past the area of um, motivation and what could be interpreted as good it clearly is agenda-driven and Planned Parenthood is a part of it. Because Planned Parenthood much- is at the front of it. I mean, I would say that they're they're driving it. I mean, uh, American sex ed right now, because we're talking about Oregon because you're from Oregon, but from I, Oregon, yeah. I, I talk mm-hmm. about this all over the nation. Right. And the groups that are aligned with Planned Parenthood are pushing what is really a highly explicit right. sexualized explicit. curricula. If, like, and, yes. it, and Planned Parenthood, like abortion, I know that in Washington State, in, in CSA here, uh, abortion is mentioned as and uh, as normal healthcare practice, 125 times. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. And Oregon, here's the thing in Oregon, the Oregon Revised Statutes actually say to teach abstinence as the preferred method of guaranteeing 100% avoidance from STDs and unwanted pregnancy. And yet we're not seeing that. Well, and you can't even tell if your kid is getting comprehensive sex ed or abstinence-based sexual risk avoidance because they interchange the terms. And so you don't know from one, and really the terms come from who's doling out the money. So who's behind it? It's very sad. And I call it, my husband calls it oversexed ed because it's not sex ed anymore. We're not even talking to kids about just the birds and the bees, which used to, I mean, hello, we graduated from high school about the same time. It used to embarrass us, right? Just the, I mean, these kids are getting stuff that even as adults, we're like, do we have to talk about that? Young no, age. we actually don't have to talk about it because, A, that's a lie. And this whole idea of, of gender being interchanged. And really, it's it's very much, it seems to me, and I'd love to hear your opinion, but it seems to me that it's very, very much agenda-driven now. And it's not about the health of the kids. It's about an agenda that an activist is pushing, either from Planned Parenthood or from uh, NAMBLA or from some of these other places that are pushing agendas and they're doing it 
under the guise of sex education. Yeah. And the sad part is that even people who are school board members who are really wanting to do the right thing, they're being driven by this agenda. And they can see it's very clear that our governor has appointed individuals who are making these rules and regulations. And even the information that's uh, being put out there as you know research-based and whatnot. I mean, I went to a school board meeting uh, in Westland Wilsonville, and it was insane to look at who the uh, credentials were that went into this one particular curriculum. One of the contributors was was a frat. So, <laughs> I mean, and we had a parent that stood up and said, um, where's the where's conservative? I mean, this is supposed look, here's the law. It's supposed to be balanced. It's supposed to be neutral. This is not neutral. So that we were able to get a lot accomplished in Westland Wilsonville. It's by no means um, perfected. It will take continued effort by the part of that community to stay engaged and to not give up. But that is how it is if we want to change anything at all. Well, and everybody's tired. I mean, can we just acknowledge everybody's just tired. tired. We we're just tired. tired. We're tired of the battle. We're tired of it. But um, as I've been saying for a long time, I actually don't know. I mean, are, are we tired in our mothering? Yes. Do we do we get to give up? <laughs> no, we, no do we do not get to give up. We're tired in our marriages. We get tired. I'm sure my husband's tired of me right now. He's looking at me through the through the control window. He doesn't get you don't get to give up, baby. <laughs> yeah, see, you can't give up. And I think you know our tendency is to is to just go, you know, this is, and I think this is, I mean, Debbie, I really feel like, wow, I think the root of the issue is that um, parents feel overwhelmed. They, they look at what's they happening do. and they just go, oh, for the love. Like, right. I can't a- affect that. I don't know anybody on the school board. I don't know who wrote CSE. I don't understand. And so we 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 feel overwhelmed and just like we do, like if I feel overwhelmed making dinner, I'm going to get out the cereal. Right. And my family's going to it won't be healthy for them. We all get overwhelmed. We all get overwhelmed. overwhelmed. And I I mean, for me, I think that there's a couple ways I look at that. For one, it always in my heart to get refueled. I know that I need Jesus. Yes. So I go back. One of the things that in fact, it's the foundation of my mom time discipleship group that I have with some great, great, sweet moms. I love working with moms at our church. So I always started off with Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. It says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You see, for me, the Lord is my life. The Lord is my life. It is not the rules. It's not the government. It's not, that's not my life. So if I live my life thinking that's going to be my identity, I'm going to freak out. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that never changes. God's word remains forever. His word will go on forever. All of this other stuff is going to pass away. So while I want to do things in my current place where I'm at in my life to help affect change that will help my nieces and nephews and my children as they move into that season of their life of parenting and whatnot. I want to be off the bench in that way. But if I live and breathe by effectiveness of that, I will go down. Yeah. Yeah. We all will go down. Thank God we have the hope of heaven. You know, we yeah. can passing we, through. We are just passing through. Yeah. But I want to pass through with my light actually shining. And so it's just about meeting people where they're at acknowledging that there are problems and conflicts in our homes and in between husbands and wives and things don't work out really all that awesome all the time and you are tired at the end of the day and sometimes you want your kids to go to bed at six. Holla. 
<laughs> because you're so tired. And, and we all know bedtime's all not really about the kids. kids. Yeah. It's about the mama. It's about the mama. Can yeah. the mama survive? I know. So, My kids would be like, why? Why do I have to go to bed at seven? I'm not tired. And I would say, yes, but I'm tired of you. And you get to have reading time. <laughs> Yay. <It's> so good. <laughs> We're going to read. So I good. knew it's time for my kids to go to bed when I would be reading to them and yeah. I would fall asleep. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so I, I've been there and it's such a joy to be able to reach out to those moms. Well, guess what happens though? Those moms with babies, two, three, four, five. Now, a lot of those moms that I've worked with in the past have kids in junior high and high school, and they're saying, what are we supposed to do? Right. (laughs) What exactly are we supposed to do? (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) Yesterday, my kid thought my sweater was cute, and today she's like, I can't believe you're wearing that sweater out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I come in, at least in our church community. A lot of moms come to me and say, what do I do? And I can help them plug in. And so there's people in all different kinds of communities. We have a large church and we have just a lot of networking going on right now. It was not how it started, but it inevitably has become that because we um, have all raised our families together and uh, and we're problem solvers. We like well, and you to guys be are problem keeping, solvers. You really are um, keeping the main thing, the main thing. I mean, I love that you're teaching straight from the word of God. You're not dodging the, the tough issues. And as you and I were talking about before, you know, so much of what's happening, we have got to look at this in the face and see it for what it is and say God has a solution. And while at the same yeah. time, just praying to God that we maintain a church community that is open and welcoming because there are those who are coming starving and they are sitting in church and they are realizing, wow, I have lived my whole life deceived. So as we have that kind of tone and demeanor and doing all things in love without compromise to the truth, there is a way to reach those who well, are Jesus hurting. Did it. Yes, I mean, hurting. Jesus did it. Yes. It was it's called speaking the truth in love. And, you know, I for the longest time, the podcast, you know, the the um, tagline of the podcast was the truth in love is spoken here. Mm-hmm. You can't love people without speaking the truth. You know, so what we've done so often in the culture is we sacrifice truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. We think we're being merciful. So we don't say, oh, man, you know, I love you so much. God loves you. What you're doing is going to hurt you. This I promise you this will hurt you. The end result is death. Mm-hmm. But as you noted, uh, rightly noted when we were talking about this on Friday, is that we are really living in a culture that has embraced the many in many ways. The opposite of what God says is true. And so how do we. Um, as Christians, um, get ourselves, you know, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. I think, you know, talking to some of these moms without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling, because the, it starts at home. You know, there's so many moms who are listening to this. And I always tell them it starts with prayer. If your family, if your nuclear family, you and your husband, and your kids, if you guys are not doing okay, this is not the time for you to get on the front lines because the front lines is hard work. And it is a battle. But if your family's doing well and your marriage is doing well and you're, you know, not that you've got the parenting thing dialed down because, I've been doing it for 30 years and I don't have it dialed down. Um, but you know that you're uh, that you've spoken truth to your children and you know your family's okay, then you've got opportunity. And one of the things I love about you is you're you've taken a stand as um, someone who's in ministry, you're a public figure, as is your husband, because that's what happens, right? And you've said we're not gonna shy away from this. We're actually gonna instead of shying away, we're gonna do what Jesus did which is to come out and actually uh, impact the impact the world with the truth. And the truth comes from God's word. It's not found anyplace else. Mm-hmm. So when the moms moms and dads were listening to this today, I know there are a lot of them. Uh, another question came in from Terry, and she was saying, how do you, uh, how do you reconcile Romans 13, mm-hmm. where the Apostle Paul is saying that we, that we are to um, submit to governing authorities? And we talk about this a lot at the podcast. Um, 
And Paul's talking about, you know, God's order. And you were talking about it earlier when, when, when laws are passed, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, we're not rioters, we're not anarchists. Mm -hmm. And yet when we see something that's happening, that's, that violates God's law, whether it's um, the schools teaching little kids that they can transition, that they can change their gender, which really is abuse because they can't change their gender. So it doesn't matter if the, if we're telling them they can or they can't. God said, I made a male and female in my image. We go back to what we know is true. How can we, um, as parents who are listening to this, in submission to a governing authorities and still working to change it at the same time, what does that what does that look like for um, people? I mean, there's a lot of there's, you know, 100,000 people that are listening to this right now and only a few of them are in Oregon. So there's right. people who are all over the world listening to this right now and they've right. got different issues that are happening. Right. But it's the same spirit. Right. It's that same culture of death. It might manifest itself in a different way. Right. But how can we encourage these parents right where they are, assuming that they've that their marriages are intact and they've, they're doing the, the right work, which is to keep the home, you know, because you can't. I mean, hello, how many pastors have we seen minister to everybody else but their own yes. family? And we don't want to make yes. that same mistake. Yes. So where do they start? So I have to start with what I know. Right. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind. But now I see. That is what I teach my kids. Guys, we're all blind. We, we're all blind. So our little family. Born blind. We're going into blind people. Okay, we're going, everybody's blind. We're all blind. But we can lead people to Christ. But we will not lead people to Christ if we have a shutdown mentality, right? So we have to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Yeah. And parents need to be, we need to be involved. And really getting in there, uh, I, I was thinking about, a letter that I got from a mom whose kids are, have gone to school. She's pulled them out, but they were they were in school in uh, in Southern California, and she sent this to me. And I thought it was so interesting. It says fifty nine percent of twelve to seventeen year olds use Snapchat regularly, and talking about how um, it is affecting our kids. So they they've been sexualized on social media. And then they're going to school and they're being sexualized even more. So they're not talking about, um, they're not, they're not talking about birth control like they did when we were, when we were teens. And instead they're teaching them all kinds of really unhealthy and unsafe practices. And this mom was like, I don't know what to do. So I asked her, I said, when, I said, did you go down to your school board? Did you go and talk to the teacher and say, I really like to see, uh, to see the curriculum? And she said that she really had a hard time, um, Seeing it. In fact, this is what she said. The coordinator that was the program coordinator for CSC in the San Diego uh, area, which is where she was living, yes. was reluctant to show her the curriculum. And eventually she did it. And she saw a section called Rights, Respect and Responsibility. And what really shocked her was the sixth grade curriculum said that kids could be attracted to any gender. And she wrote this to me. She said, this was the main quote. We don't choose our feelings just like we don't choose who we find attractive. And so then it gave detailed information about every kind of sex you could possibly right. imagine. And what they're doing is the net result is they're confusing these kids. It is. Because yeah. uh, because a feeling at that age is confusing. Can right. we all disagree? Yeah. And let's just ask this question. Who is the author of confusion? Right. It'd be, that'd be Satan. And where does yes. it lead? That's right. That'd right. Where does death. it lead to death? Yeah. So yeah. anything that leads to death, I am not for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am yeah. not about it. No. Right. So here's what one thing that you can do uh, for those parents all over the place. So we have a couple of amazing federal sort of uh, clearing houses for that we, like everyone respects, the Center for Disease Control mm-hmm. and the National Institute of Health. Those are very neutral. Educators respect that. Physicians respect that. 
our own health departments that we have, use the stats from the CDC and the NIH in order to give out information. Really find a lot of those across the aisle moments, you know, and and then they start to learn that, oh, gosh, you're not just uh, a maniac. You, <laughs> you actually are doing this because you care, you know, and, and once they see how much you care, then they'll listen a little bit more. And then you can have some influence within those health departments and letting those teachers know that you're on their side that you're rooting for them. Is there anything you can do? Can you come in? Can you feed them during conferences? Can you help them grade papers? Can you help them put together projects? Get yourself in the classroom. You know, switching to another topic, something that's become giant. Um, in the name of inclusivity, what has happened in Oregon is the behavioral issues have just gone crazy. Yeah. And poor that's teachers. That's all over the news. The poor teachers are not supportive. I mean, I know of teachers who have had broken arms, who have had, I mean, actually, and something that I think is an interesting point to bring up is, you know, where are the feminists on this? You know, 90% right. of those teachers are women. But they're being abused. You want to talk about Aaron's law. Let's let's turn that around a little bit. And who's defending the teachers right now? Those are women who are in a classroom who are being told to remain silent. As a woman and as a mother of a daughter who's a teacher, I do not want her to live in a climate where she is told, you will remain silent about this. We know secrets like that are not to be kept. And that is the intention behind Aaron's law. It's being taught to kids. Hey, don't keep secrets. And that's all fine and good. We need to be doing that for teachers. Yeah. Well, and really the feminist movement is a movement of hypocrites because why don't, why don't they care about the women in the womb? You know, uh, feminism is, again, it's just sort of, I, you know, I used to be all about, you know, equal pay for equal work, right? right? Those kinds of things. I can get behind that. Let's talk about that. But when we talk about women who are being abused in the yeah. classroom, where are the feminists? Where are the women? Where are the feminists worried about the women who are um, growing up in uh, Istanbul right now? Where are they? We're not talking about those women, but we will talk about uh, killing women in the womb through abortion. And so it's it's a very messed up. It's a very messed up ideology. And you see it in the schools as well. I wonder, too, you know, uh, several of my friends are teachers in uh, in the public schools here in the Pacific Northwest and even around the the nation. And I know that the that um, they appreciate knowing that people are praying for them. Mm -hmm. So even if what parents are listening to, even the, the, the thing that you know that you can do, because we can all do this is to begin to pray, to really begin to pray, Lord, I mean, we serve the Lord of Heaven's armies. We serve the creator of the universe. Why are we running? Why are we running? We run from the fight when the Lord of Heaven's armies say, you only need to be still and I'll fight for you. So we can pray. We have power in the heavenly realms. We have been given every authority under heaven because of Jesus and we can we can cry out to him. I think sometimes our, our in our in our state of feeling overwhelmed, we don't even do that. I think we can be overwhelmed. The so, narrative is to be silent. That's it. And so they're part trying of the to make you feel overwhelmed. That is that you you forget that oh you don't have to be silent to God, and we actually don't have to be silent in the way we walk. We have our freedom of speech and we have our freedom of religion. Hey, back to your we first do not amendment. have to be giving that up. But also, do you carry that around? You just I mean, give that God out to people. Just, well, they made me memorize it. Here's Call Debbie, it. like giving me? the First Amendment they to everybody made, she meets. They made us hey, memorize Starbucks that. barista. It's here's your filler. First Amendment. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Read the First Amendment. Do you know, I mean, the thing is, is we do, we have a God who wants to hear us. For us who need to redefine what a good dad looks like and who, we, you know, I've had in my heart that challenge and God has really just worked on me to realize, wow, my earthly father, it's okay. He's loved by God, but he's not actually God. Right. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes as wives, we can transfer that same kind of pressure over to our husbands, you know, like, which is ridiculous because they're not God either. And we have this insatiable appetite within our hearts, right? But going to God with that is amazing. And as you asked about how can you help, you know, whether it's the libraries or whether it's the schools or whether, you know, whatever venue you're looking at that maybe you see, gosh, I think this needs a little bit of work. Pray first and then go, right? And when you feel tired, pray again and watch God bring in people. Cause that's what I've been amazed by is, wow, I can't do all this stuff, but God sure can bring people together. Yes. And there, I, and he's at work. I think sometimes, you know, we don't realize this, but really it's a, it's a position of arrogance when we start thinking, I got to do this by myself. Yeah. And God's saying, no, no actually you don't. I can yeah. use lots of people, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I had wants to do and that. And watch how cool it is when I do. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, it's you guys pretty. are here in the homeschool resource center. Yes. Um, in the studio in this place, you know, as we were walking around earlier, I was telling you, this is a, this is a place that is an absolute beautiful example of God's it is provision. Amazing. It's great. Yeah. yeah. We need like 50 of these. I know. Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we, we have groups actually all over the country now who are starting to yeah. want to start homeschool resource centers yes. for parents who are pulling their kids out and just realizing, okay, there's got, there maybe is a better way for my family. Mm-hmm. And for the parents who are at the jumping off place, whether you look around and you start to feel overwhelmed and we say to you, just as sisters and Lord, Come to the Lord in prayer. Go before the Lord. He is the healer. He answers prayer. He's the chain breaker, you know, and and you can make a difference in your community because of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? You are an ambassador. Yes, yes. And it, it, the power of prayer is amazing. I know with our mom time group and our other women's studies at our church, the format that we follow, you know, we have time uh, of worship, time in the word, and then time of prayer. And we circle up and um, sharing your heart, giving it to the Lord. And then, you know, we journal those things. We write those things down, the prayer needs, because we're able to go back later and see how God answers those things. And it's, it gives you so much uh, It's weird that we forget. It's amazing. It's yeah. weird. I, I always tell people, I'd, I'd like to believe that if I was there when Moses you know, lifted up his staff and God parted the Red Sea, that I would never forget. I would love to think that every day for the rest of my life, I'd be telling my kids and my grandkids, you are never going to believe what happened at the shores of the Red Sea. This is amazing. Like every day, you never get tired telling the story, but the Bible records the Israelites forgot that they forgot about God's healing. They forgot about his blessing. They forgot about his power. And then they went right back into captivity, whether it's the captivity of their own sin or captivity because they just disobeyed God and they wound up as a captive. And we do the same thing. And right. we need to be encouraging each other. Yes. You know, yeah. And I think it's so down. cool because once you figure out, whoa, God doesn't want me to be a captive. He doesn't want my kids to be captives. He doesn't want any of us to get hauled off into bondage. And I think that's where my heart just breaks for our states right now, collectively, is that you just, you're seeing an entire population of children Go into captivity. going off into bondage. And it yeah. breaks my heart, but it is also totally preventable. Yeah. And so God is able. I'm not sure how the outcome's going to be, but I know God is able. I never give up on that. You know, I mean, it's the whole rewrite your story. You know what I mean? If you don't like the way your story's going down, uh, time to cross out some lines. That's right. Do a little bit of editing and do yeah. a rewrite, yeah. you know? And yeah. um, if you don't like what's happening at the library, rewrite the story. Rewrite the story. And, and, and man, and homeschooling is just such a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, avenue to go with that because I know for me, being able to really visit from God's perspective, U.S. history was 
huge. It was amazing. I was so thankful I got to teach it three times. You oh, know? yeah. Did you ever read uh, Joy Hakem's History of the U.S.? Uh, no, So good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So good. That sounds like it'd be oh, amazing. so good. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we Colonies have a friend right now on school board who's so in good. Texas right now, right? She's at a big, huge uh, Christian uh, history conference, and um, I've been texting her for the past couple of days. I need to be there with you next <laughs> next year. And, you know, but when you get on-site councils and when you're on school board and um, communities for excellence in education, actually, she thinks I probably could go. But, you know, those avenues, when you go and you just see the handwriting of the Lord everywhere, you know, one of the things I took back um, from the Slavic vote evening that we had last week was how much I feel that I owe. I actually have ancestors who fought, um, you know, I'm a daughter of the American Revolution and Brett has um, Jacob Broom who signed the Constitution. Wow. So when we have that kind of history for us to walk away is um I can't do it. No, I can't either. You and I are both patriots. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love this country and want to see uh, want to see it flourish and want to see it grow. One of the things I love I I told my husband I I found my new favorite t-shirt. It says it's Smokey the Bear and it says only you can prevent socialism. <laughs> And Jesus was not a socialist. I know he was not. Yeah. All these people who are like, Jesus was a socialist. He like, was not. no, uh-uh. No, he wasn't. Wrong. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And it really, just to educate people to say, get involved in the process, look around at what's happening, and then use your voice. And the voice that you have is the one that God gave you. And so we bring God into we bring God into everything that we do, and then we watch what happens. It's really, right. it's and really amazing. And trust him in the midst of it. Yeah. You know, it's not always going to turn out our way, but he is worthy to be trusted. You know, we will suffer loss and it will not be easy sometimes. But sometimes when you ask God, God, take me, like, help me level up, you know, in my faith, help me level up in the way I live. Some of that is casting aside fear and then watching him fill in the blanks with faith. And then it blows your mind because you're like, wow, this turned out way better than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this could have gone you know. really badly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's also, you know, it's taking those thoughts captive and realizing that what Paul said to Timothy is right. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. It yeah. doesn't come from the Lord because when we walk in that relationship with the Lord, if that's that perfect love, it comes in and it casts out fear. It doesn't mean we're not afraid. Yes. And I it love doesn't your mean we're not podcast afraid. on that. On You know, just a couple. It was offered just a couple of days ago. I mean, I loved it. I was, oh, amen. You don't even know. It's like you're you're my... This, you know, the you're my twin. <laughs> well, it's a blessing, Debbie. I love what you're doing. If people want to find you online or they want to hook up, so let's. You're in the Westland area, yes. Um, yeah. And there, people are looking for. There are lots of churches in the Portland area that are not actually preaching the gospel anymore. And people I know are hungry for truth. I see them all the time coming to my conferences. They're starving for truth. And you guys are actually speaking life and truth at yeah. Athey Creek. How do they find you? So it's easy, atheycreek.com, and they can find our com. On our webpage, you can go into women's ministry. There's previous teachings. But in the meantime, to keep my husband out of jail. Hey, man, I love that. That can be that'll be your new tagline. You should be like debbiemetter.com fighting to keep my husband out of jail. 
That actually makes me a hundred different kinds of happy. All right, you guys, thanks for listening, everybody. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a joy to have you. For more information on Debbie Metter and the Ministry of Athey Creek, you can visit my show notes today, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Make sure you guys leave a review and leave a review using the hashtag off the bench. For those of you who are looking for my schedule, you can find it at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. I've got several coming up and then we'll wrap up the season. So check it out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back here on Wednesday with a new new study from MomStrong International. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.